Hey guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast version two. Uh, I'm Jack Savio. He is Frank Naris, of course. Welcome back. Uh, if you listened to last week's show, you you made out well, maybe with some money. If you were betting on the money line, uh, I went 15 and one in picks. Frank went uh, 12 and four, I believe it was. Yep. So, you know, maybe we'll fingers crossed we'll we'll have some good luck this week. Uh, obviously, we'll be talking a little Bears. Uh, and their victory over the Giants. Uh, we'll talk a few other games as well. Uh, that crazy comeback for Dallas. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about New England and Seattle, uh, Baltimore and Houston. And then, uh, of course, you know, we'll get into to week three as well. So, Frankie, first things first, how are we doing this week, man? Um, I am doing great, man. We are going into week three of the NFL season, and it just feels like it's back right now we're i mean it's, right along. Yeah, yeah we're we're just riding along and it feels glorious how are yeah. you oh i'm absolutely over the moon right now just had a good move in, in in the dynasty league that you and i are both in we were just talking about it off air got myself some jerry judy got myself some uh some cd lamb too to go with uh jonathan taylor kyler murray so i'm looking good frankie feeling good about the future um let's jump it let's let's take a step back and go into the past we'll talk a little week two right now um, you know, real quick, let's let's start with the meat and potatoes, the Bears and the Giants. Uh, not exactly the most impressive win for, for the Bears, but nonetheless, they are 2-0. and um, I don't think we, you and I both expected them to handle the Giants pretty easily. Um, <laughs> maybe not the case uh, in terms of, of beating them as easy as you and I would have liked, but what were some things you liked about the, about the win? Let's start off on a positive note. Um, I mean, you got to like the first half from Mitch Trubisky, right? He, he lit it up in the first half. He looked really, really good. Um, so that's a, that was a huge positive. I think the other thing for me was the defense. One of our complaints after week one was it seems like we're trending towards a bend, but don't break defense instead of that seek and destroy defense. And for all four quarters outside of maybe the fourth, uh, most are half of the fourth. They looked like that seek and destroy defense again. They looked really, really good. And I'm hoping that I can chalk up week one and even, you know, parts of the fourth quarter or parts of the second half to no preseason because we looked faster. We look a little bit more decisive on the defensive end. And um, the front seven looked much better with Robert Quinn. In. Yeah. Uh, I think we we have to, we have to mention that. that that's him by himself was a high, you know, was, was a high of the game. Um, but yeah, I think those were my, well, I, I, I'll be remiss if I don't add in, I am absolutely loving Nagy's stubbornness with this run game. We needed mm-hmm. it last year and that's as long as he keeps doing it. And, and we talk about the highs of the game that has to be one of them because that was our biggest complaint was Nagy. We understand you're, you ran the ball, you know, uh, in the top half in terms of amount of times in the top half of the league last year. But it, there still wasn't a plan with it. It's just like everyone everyone can look and see, yeah, it just looks like, you know, first and 10, here's the run up the gut, you know, once, and then we're going to throw the ball for the next six <laughs> times if we can get a first down. And it's like you were just doing it to say you did it. But it really – like the offensive line is still playing physical. James Daniels looks really, really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- those are probably my three highs. Are yours the same or did you have anything else uh, to highlight from the game? Pretty similar. Uh, I, I would say David Montgomery looks looks good. He looked healthy. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe that was was an issue in week one, maybe more than we were led to believe. Uh, I, I really liked the way he was finishing runs, but also expanding runs. He looked like he wasn't just necessarily looking for contact the way he was last year. It looked like he was actually looking for the end zone, which is usually what you want to be doing. Um, to your point, the offensive line, infinitely better they look they look like the 2018 version that we saw where everyone was trending upwards um as opposed to last year where where everyone just looked bad uh but i I love what i've seen so far you're right the commitment to the run game it looks like they're actually creating space too it's not just running the ball to run it like you were saying it's now there's some room to run which is just incredible to see it's it's a very different um, thing that we've seen, especially from last year. And it's, it's good to see, uh, the, the thing on the defensive side of the ball for me, uh, I, I know you mentioned Robert Quinn, you and I were both kind of really talking about last week, how important we think he's going to be. And you saw, I mean, you saw, you saw the forced fumble, you saw the sack, you saw Khalil Mack 
uh, getting in on it as well with a sack too. So you kind of start to see how how Robert Quinn having a partner for for Khalil Mack makes such a difference. Uh, the the most impressive thing in terms of players that I saw was was Jalen Johnson. I mean, this dude looks like a legit corner, and I think they got themselves a steal. I mean, one of the I think he was like the highest graded defensive or the second highest defensive graded uh, rookie back in in all football last week. And, and that's with all 16 teams playing. I think the biggest thing for me, Frank, the, the biggest positive is that the Bears were able to escape week two, unlike many other teams, without getting injured or mm-hmm. without dealing with a serious injury. I mean, everyone else stars dropping left and right, but the Bears were <laughs> got lucky and were able to avoid it. Um, let's, flip the, let's flip the table a little bit because it wasn't all, all sunshine and dandelions, Frank. Uh, what were some – are dandelions good? Sunflowers, maybe is what I meant to say. Dan, I don't know. Dandelions. Sunshine and they're rainbows? They're, they're weeds. Weeds aren't good, but regardless. We'll get into that later. Uh, <laughs> Save it for the negative, weeds podcast. What were some takeaways uh, uh, negative that you thought maybe the Bears could have done better or something that just really irked you? Yeah, I mean, so on the flip side of that first half that I liked from Mitch Trubisky, I mean, it was just a tale of another quarterback in the second half. And, and – um, that just kind of is who he is. I, I mean, he hasn't put together a full game since the Buccaneers game in 2018 when he had the, the six or seven, what do you have, six, seven touchdowns? Six, yeah. And, you know, he, he had that whole – outside of that, he has yet to put one together. And this is just kind of who he is. It's like he has a good first half. He's going to have a bad second half. He has a good first quarter. He may have a bad second quarter. Then a good third quarter, bad fourth. It's like, it's like this constant flip-flop with him. Um, so you, you'd really like to see, uh, him do that. And, and he was, he wasn't very good in that second half. Um, you know what? Another positive should have been Darnell Mooney cause he looked really, really good, but that leads me to my negative and Anthony Miller still, I mean, he's the Mitch Trubisky of wide receivers. He either looks great or he looks awful. And yeah. Mitch hit him with a couple of absolute dimes that he just dropped. Um, and silly me started Anthony Miller in fantasy. And if he just catches his three targets that were right on the money, he probably – because one was a touchdown, he probably gets me like 18 points. Uh, but, of course, uh, he knew I started him that week. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he is one of those guys who we moved up to draft to surround Mitch with, with really steady um, talent, you know, from the skill positions. And he has yet to really pan out from that, whether it's been injuries. But even when he's on the field, uh, it's just that inconsistency. And week two was just another very in, well, that, it wasn't even inconsistent. It was a very bad game from him. Um, and I think as much as I praise the defense, it still feels a little bit different, even though they felt more seek and destroy uh, in week two. I need them to put a stamp on that fourth quarter drive from the Giants. You don't even let them get that close. You you know yeah. what I mean? You don't you don't play that bend but don't break. I understand that they still needed a touchdown. They weren't playing for the field goal, but it's like. The 2018 Bears, that wouldn't happen into that defense. No. And we have a lot of continuity from that team. I would even say even upgrades from that team when healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the fact that we were <laughs> uh, a call away from the refs, from them having a first and goal uh, uh, on the inch yard line, I, I mean, I, I need a little bit more out of that defense. Um, so I think that that was one of my negatives as well. Um and I know you have a little bit to say about the inside linebacker position, so maybe you can kind of take it from there. Yeah, I'll just start, the negatives. we'll just start right there. Uh, Roquan Smith, he hasn't necessarily been awful. Like, he hasn't caused them to lose or, or he hasn't made, you know, a terrible play that's let the, the, the offense score. But he is just – he's just like – he's barely doing anything. He's like tied for 26th. In, in all of football in terms of like tackles, uh, which just, I mean, that's, that's fine, but you're a middle linebacker of, of a defense that I think relies on the middle linebacker to make plays. And we, he's nothing from what we saw in his rookie season. Like he just isn't anywhere close. He's just kind of there. And it's kind of, we're seeing that a little bit with a drop off of Danny Trevathan as well. Like they, th- these two guys who are just so important, and, and that position was so important in 2018 and to a degree even last year as well, where Nick Kwiatkowski would, would play, you know, the run stuffer and not necessarily saying that I miss him being here, but I mean, these, these guys just aren't making plays. So they're, they're relying on the defensive line a lot who are, who are missing a, a big piece and Eddie Goldman, 
they're relying on the edge rushers, but the middle linebackers have to start contributing as well. And maybe that's just scheme-wise. Maybe that's just what the Giants like to do. But, man, Evan Ingram was was making plays all over the field. Mm-hmm. You'd expect that would be where Roquan Smith would, would thrive in because that matchup just seemed – like it should be a win every time. We just saw too many times where Ingram was like wide open and you're kind of looking in the middle of the field and you're like, where are the linebackers? Like what's, what's exactly the game plan here? Um, flipping it to the other side, since you talked about Anthony Miller, one thing I wanted to address and I hope it won't be an issue moving forward was uh, Alan Robinson just did not show up. And I hope this contract situation isn't becoming, you know, I know he wants to say that it's not an issue. I know the team wants to say it's not an issue. But when you go out there and you don't really do a whole lot against corners that he should be just dominating against, there's nothing special about the Giants secondary right now. And to see him, what was it, like three catches for 30 yards and and him losing out on a ball on a 50-50 ball that I don't think was Mitch's fault. I think that was just a great play by the defensive back, but you can't let him take your ball. You know what I mean? Especially in a contract year, like he needs to show up every week. Like he's if he wants to be paid like a wide receiver one, which I think that's what the holdup is, he needs to play like one. Every single week there are no weeks off, especially when you have a quarterback who you can't rely on to win a game every every year. It's not it's not going to be you're sitting there in the fourth quarter down to the Chargers and you turn and look back and you see Pat Mahomes and you're like we're still going to win this game. It's it's Mitch you have it, we talked about this last year or last week we've talked about this throughout the offseason as well. You have to do everything you can to get him help. Mitch needs help. He's a quarterback who needs weapons. Anthony Miller, Allen Robinson need to step up. It's it's as simple as that. Or they're just going to continue scoring 17 points a game and they're yeah. not get where they want to go. Yeah, I I, I agree with all that as well. I, I, I will say I was a little disappointed in some people in the Bears Twitterverse that were questioning the effort on Allen Robinson. I, I'm certainly not there and not even yeah. close to being there. He, he He's never come across to me as, you know, someone, whether or not – you know, this contract is getting to him that he would just give up on. So he didn't seem like that type of dude. So no, I, man, I don't think it, for me, I don't think it's a mental thing I, I or an effort thing. I think it's, it, it could be taking up space in his mind. Oh, for sure. It wasn't an issue. He'd be much more like zoned in and locked in. Um, I just hope that, that something is as silly as an extension that should have happened. Doesn't impact his play. Yeah. Any further. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I feel the same as you. To me, it's more or less a distraction rather than, oh, I'm, I'm not going to show up really. Like, I, because that doesn't never, make sense. Yeah, that to me is just asinine that anyone would accuse Allen Robinson of that when he's never, you know, played yeah. that way, at, you know, and, <laughs> in, in his football career. So that, that, that was a little bit weird to see. And you know what? We should have started off the podcast with uh, saying rest in peace to Gail Sayers, who passed away today. Yeah. Uh, as we record, one of the best bears of all time, uh, by all accounts, a great human being as well as a great football player. So I do want to say rest in peace to Gail Sayers. It like clicked in my mind as if we were talking about it. I was like, Gail Sayers died today. I, we we got to yeah. touch on that. So he was my dad's favorite player. So uh, you know, I, I, I echo Frank's sentiments. Rest in peace to to a true legend, uh, Kansas Comet. Uh, from I, I wish we could have seen him more because some of the NFL film that they've been showing today is just it's incredible stuff. Like he stops on the it's like Barry Sanders before Barry Sanders. Like it's 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 well, he, Barry Barry talked about Gail very hot in a very high light. That was one of his inspirations. Uh, was was Gail Sayers as as it should be. Um, let's let's get into some other additional game two uh, week two games uh, we wanted to talk about, um, and then we'll we'll jump into week three as well. Uh, let's just start at the biggest story of of that that incredible comeback that Dallas had against Atlanta, surprising or I guess ironically the Bears' next opponent here. Uh, Frank, a team put up thirty nine points, didn't turn the ball over once, yeah. and lost the game. How how does that happen? The, the the record for teams that did that in a game before this one was like 480 and oh <laughs> and and like, this is the thing this is the thing since the super bowl since the 28th they just continue to find creative ways to lose and you like 
to me, this is just a franchise that is doubling down and saying, like, look, if we're going to fucking lose, we're going to lose. Like, this isn't going to be your, you know, 17 to 13. This right. We're going to find the most creative ways to lose games. It, it just I, – I don't understand how that team has just fallen off so much. They have such good offensive weapons. They have a they have a very good quarterback. I I I'd be I don't think I can call Matt Ryan elite. <laughs> he, maybe had, he maybe had a year or two, but consistently across his career, I don't think I I very good. He's, he's yeah. very good. He's a very good quarterback. He's the Paul Canerico of of quarterbacks. But like man, like the the onside kick, everyone's just staring at it and just like, what what do we do? Like, does the coach just not go over this stuff? I don't get it. I, I, I truly, no, no, no. But, but, but. Why I'm not saying you're wrong. To be fair, that was a fucking phenomenal onside. It did oh, not look like it was getting past ten yards. Yeah. So like to them, they're like, well, we're not going to touch it and take the chance that we, you know, don't don't fall on it and it slips out. I mean, but you're right. I, I mean, you have to as you start to notice that it's creeping there. You have to be more aggressive towards that ball. And well, it's just weird because it's like, I mean, you, again, thirty nine points. And no turnovers, and you lose. I, how, how bad is your defense? And I mean, you know, obviously for for Bears fans, it's hopefully very bad, just continuously that bad. It, it's unreal how many mistakes that they made. And their their head coach is a defensive guy. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I don't. The defense uh, Dude, in that this city. Is, this is the thing. I don't bet on Atlanta anymore. If you bet on Atlanta, you're you're insane. You're a crazy person. They just you're right. They find fucking ways to lose. And it's just it's do, you know what? Before I move on, I, I do because we haven't touched really anything on on the Dallas side of things. Do you think through two games that Dak has hurt or helped his case for the the, the amount of money that he asked for? Man, I, I didn't like the way he he was playing in in Los Angeles against the Rams, but. I think if anything, this game definitely helped him. But I think a lot of it too is some of the play calling has just been not very helpful to him. Like they're just not maximizing his arm talent. It, it feels like they're they are a team that would maybe be better without Zeke. And I know how crazy that may sound, but it's like they are force feeding Zeke because they paid him all this money, right? He's a top running back in the league. He he needs to get his touches, but you're taking away what makes this offense work. Is you're taking away the the, the passes to the receivers. You you spent you invested all of this capital into your receivers, but you're not really doing as much with them as I think you could be. They're yeah. almost set up like the Falcons, where they have multiple receiving weapons. But I I, th- I wonder if the commitment to Zeke is almost hurting them more than helping them. You know, and th- and, and that's, a, that's a fair assessment. I don't know if I'm ready to take that stance, but I, I do think that's what we're seeing in L.A. with the Rams, mm-hmm. is that they don't have to force feed Todd Gurley anymore, uh, you know, based on that big contract, and that's kind of opened things up for the offense. Pe- people have made that argument there as well. Obviously, we're two games in, so you know, I mean, people yeah. can fall off a cliff or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I guess what I'm saying is, for anyone who thinks that sounds crazy, there's a lot of logic behind a statement like that. No one's saying Zeke isn't good, or right. that you know Zeke can't. Yeah. Zeke is a top three back in the league, hands down. But to your point, if you have to force feed him, you know, twenty five to thirty times a game, you are minimizing the other talents on the team. And I think that's kind of like, don't get me wrong. If if the Cowboys and and Bears traded every single offensive player, I wouldn't be mad at literally any position. Literally, like no position would I be like, oh man, we're you know we're gonna lose that. No, give me the give me the Cowboys offensive players any day of the week. I'd rather have Zeke than not have him. I'm just saying, in terms of being able to help Dak and and help him get that money, he's a lot of that is gonna come through arm statistics as opposed to running for three touchdowns a game. He's, that that's just not gonna happen. That's not his game. It's it's just not the way he likes to play. Um, you know, another uh, one of one of the other bigger games that, that I know we wanted to talk about um, was uh, Baltimore at Houston, and I, I don't know the exact angle we want to take with this, Frank. Um, other than I know last week 
I was talking about the Chiefs and and you know how do you consider them or how do you not consider them the Super Bowl favorites? And I think I still do until they lose, you know, prove it. But man, the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens look damn good right now. And I think they may they may be able to make an argument that they should be considered the Super Bowl favorites right now. Uh, I mean, just top to bottom, though, the way that that roster just works, the offense, the defense, they just have pieces at every level where you're maybe not wide receiver as much, but it doesn't really seem to matter that they don't have a wide receiver one. Yeah, and, and you know what? In that offense, I don't even know if they need one. It, it, it's like you have kind of some wide receiver twos and threes. You know, Hollywood Brown is probably the the you know a wide receiver two type. Willie Sneed maybe a wide receiver three speedster type of guy. But you have a guy who's really getting involved this year, um, and Miles Boykin, who is a big body receiver. And honestly, your wide receiver one is probably Mark Andrews on that team, right? So it's yeah. like they probably do have one in him because Lamar Jackson is very accurate in between the hashes. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think my only angle with the game, I, I, I think twofold, is um, Baltimore's damn good. I, I really don't have much to say. And I'm trying, I'm almost in the same boat with the Chiefs. So like, I'm trying not to take it for granted. It's like watching Lamar Jackson stop on dimes, like spin, shoot <laughs> out three guys. And I'm like, oh, nice run there, Lamar. Like instead yeah. of being like, oh my God. Yeah, right. Um, but um, Houston is bad. They're, they're, they're not a very good team, and I, I think not that very many people were, but DeAndre Hopkins was important to that offense. You know what I mean? If, if you're looking to a guy like Will Fuller to be your, a good wide receiver, you need someone like Hopkins on the opposite side of him. You know what I mean? If you're looking for Randall Cobb to do his thing, you need someone on the outside that can truly dominate to loosen up the middle of the field. Um, and, you know, David Johnson still looks solid again. Obviously, he didn't have the same type of performance in week one, but it's like, I, I just don't, I, there's, just, there's this weird thing that certain coaches have. And, you know, Bill Parcells was one of them back in the day. Um, and maybe Bill O'Brien is like this as well, where it's like, you have this ego, instead of trying to make it work with personalities within your locker room, you just want to get rid of them immediately. And yeah. when the talent is that elite, unless they're in there being super toxic or like, you know, pitting teammates against each other. If it's just me and you don't get along, you're going to still be on my team. Like, yeah. oh, we don't have to get along. Like, you're, yeah. you're going to, you know, we'll make yeah. it work. It's just, it's the, a Houston, like, I wonder if Deshaun Watson is having some buyer remorse because it's not like they're an up-and-coming team. They're, they're having a lot of older veterans that, that it's kind of like they're in their Super Bowl window right now, but this team isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl yeah. the way that they're built. The, the offensive line, I mean, it's right up there with the Giants as the worst in football. And David Johnson, he's okay, but he's not—he's not who he was five, you know, four years ago. He's just not. That's not who he is. And Deshaun Watson has nowhere to go with the football. I mean, it's not like he has like like we were just talking about the Ravens. It's not like Houston has a, a, a Mark Andrews or a Travis Kelsey or a top tight end that he can rely on. I mean, who is the weapon that he's going to? Will Fuller, I mean, okay, good luck, but it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work. It's just yeah. not going to work. And I don't see how. I mean, honestly, I, I I would not be surprised if they're at the bottom of the basement by the time this year ends uh, in the AFC South. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville yeah. overtakes them in, in terms of number of games that they win. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be either. And you know what? That may be a good thing for Deshaun Watson in his career because I think I think it's Bill's time to go. And if you get him a high draft pick where you're picking high in each round, you can get some weapons. You can, you can build that yeah. offensive line and really help him out um, and then hopefully get an offensive line. I mean, I, I'm putting my early bid for Eric Bianemi, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, to either be on the Texans next year as their head coach or the Jets uh, next year as their head coach. So I, I see two young quarterbacks. I, obviously, one has proven himself and one hasn't, but that could really use that type of offensive mind Um you know, schematically to, to, to get that, to get them over the top one, you're talking yeah. to Sean Watson, he would be, you're talking like Super Bowl then if you can surround him with a couple of weapons and a good head coach. Um, whereas um, Sam Donald, you're talking like, at least he'll be fun to watch and the Jets will be fun to watch. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so he, he wouldn't be quite catapulted to the Super Bowl level, but uh, th those are my two early landing spots uh, next year for him. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get more into kind of candidates and, and hot seat stuff once 
we get closer to the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that makes a lot of strong points. Um, you know, last couple of big things um, that I, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on, but I, you know, I just wanted to touch on um, something I didn't think about really was, was how incredible it was to see Justin Herbert come in, you know, with Ty- to Rod Taylor getting assassinated essentially by his doctor. I have never in my life heard of anything like no, that. That is insane. It's, it's craziness, but him coming in, I mean, he, he played, he played great. And, and the chargers have good offensive weapons. Like this could be a surprise team. If Herbert plays as well as he, he did last week, um, they may be better than we thought they were going to be. Um, and then new England and Seattle was, was definitely the highlight of the week. I think just overall, just a really fun, a really fun yeah. game. Great to see Cam back in action. Um, I was a little confused by the by the the talk of of Cam as MVP, 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 when the guy that he played won the game and threw five touchdowns. Yeah, and I just I don't understand why Russell Wilson just does not get the respect that he deserves. Like I I, I had a personal grudge against him for years because I you know it was the luck versus Russell debate. Right. Now that now that luck is gone, I'm all behind Russell Wilson as as, as uh, is he the best quarterback in, in the league? I, maybe not. You know, maybe, obviously there's such a big talent pool, but <laughs> why does Russ not get the the respect, man? I, I don't get it. I don't. No, yeah, we well we made a joke last week that you know d- just Pete Carroll being so conservative and like it seems like every game. Russell Wilson throws for like 500 yards, four touchdowns, but the score is 12 to 10. And, but this year, I mean, they're really letting him air it out. Like they, they yeah. finally made it his team. They kind of had, he, he, it, it was like the same trajectory that Big Ben had, where it's like the defense, we're going to yeah. run the ball. But then all of a sudden, Big Ben was throwing for 5,000 yards and throwing the ball 50 times a game, and they were still winning. And I think we're there, even though we should have been there a couple of years earlier with Russ. But I think we're finally there with Russ, and he's really showing you, you know, that he can do the crazy things that he has to do in the fourth quarter to make a comeback win all game long. Like, just just open it up and let him do his thing. And, I mean, he has looked phenomenal. No one's ever questioned his talent. Uh, we all knew he's an absolute baller, top five quarterback in the league. But I think the thing that really held him back or even uh, underrated him in a lot of circles was just how conservative Pete Carroll was. It was, we're going to run the ball 30 times a game with Chris Carson, 20 times a game with Rashad Penny, and 10 times a game with fucking Mike Davis or whoever our third guy is, and then we'll let Russ throw in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Like They finally got away and and played a little bit more modern-day NFL, and he's showing you that, I mean, as it stands, if there's a power ranking in quarterbacks, Russ is number one for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I would disagree right now. Um, Cam is a great story, but let's let's pump the brakes on the MVP talk. They're they're one and one, um, and they haven't really played great defenses. Seattle surprisingly not not very uh, not very good uh, defensively. Yeah. But um, well, so we're also at a point in the year that when you're talking about MVP front runners after week it, two, you're getting it, way ahead. Like all of us are getting way ahead of ourselves just with MVP talking. And, and you know, Jonathan Taylor is the MVP. Sorry, Frank. Um, the, we're gonna we're gonna get to our week three picks here real quick, but uh, you owe DK Metcalf an apology, and I want to hear you say it right now. You, for years, you've been calling him a bum, bum ass bum. Apologize. Give him a quick apology. I'm sorry, DK Metcalf. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> let's let's get off onto a good a good start here. Uh, Miami at Jacksonville Thursday night football. I'm going Jacksonville in this one. I hate Thursday night football because in, in this is the definition of a Thursday night game where, where you know Brian Fitzpatrick is going to have like 400 yards and, and seven touchdowns and they're going to win. But I'm going with Jacksonville because Gardner Minshew is playing very well right now. I mean, he looks – even the shape that he was in, he was a little pudgy last year. Like you can tell he really worked out in the offseason and, and you know studied NFL defenses because – Last year, there were times where Gardner Minshew looked fucking lost for like mm-hmm. quarters. He had that first couple games where he came in with no tape on him. Um, but since then, well, th- this year, I should say, he's looked very good. Yeah, I'm going with the Jags over the dog. I-, I think this will be the last game that um, Fitzpatrick starts. I think, well, two, I think it's the two experience week four on. The, the fact that, that Jacksonville is starting to make you kind of question, like, would they draft Trevor Lawrence if they had the first pick? Like it's it's kind of crazy to think like how how well yeah. Gardner has played. But um, 
Let's keep going here. Uh, a game that just would be way more entertaining if it was last week, uh, but due to injury, just brutal game. Uh, San Francisco at New York Giants. Um, Frank, I'm, I'm kind of going with an upside here. I, I, I think that's just quarterback play. Uh, due, due to quarterback play, I'm going with the Giants in this one. How about you? I'm going with the 49ers. I, um, I mean, it's very clear to me that uh, Daniel Jones is not the same quarterback without Zeke. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without Zeke, without, uh, without Saquon Barkley. Um, and even if Nick Mullins plays, man, I love me some Nick Mullins. I, th- I think he's going to get out there and ball out against that secondary. I'm going Niners. Okay. I just, th- I just think the injuries are going to, are going to hurt before they're, 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 you know, Jarek McKinnon, I think who was supposed to be the running back one last year. Uh, he, he played pretty well. He's they just, eight years in a row. They just don't have any receivers, right? Now. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. Just, and they're down Solomon Thomas and, uh, yeah. And, uh, Bosa. Do they have Joey or Nick? They have Nick. Nick and Nick Bosa as well. So that's, Nick that's, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, yes, I'm, I'm confident with that. But yeah, I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to go upset there. Um, and then we got a, a real confusing game. This one, it was one of the games where I kind of just sat and, and let sit for a few days before I picked it. Uh, Washington at Cleveland. Uh, I'm going Cleveland. I don't feel confident <laughs> about that one. I'm going Washington, and I don't feel there confident about that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just, man, I, I saw nothing from Washington's offense last week in, in Arizona that that made me feel any kind of good. Haskins yeah. has been surprisingly a slow starter. I thought he'd be a lot better, but yeah. not too much. My, so. my logic was we got a really good game from the Browns offense last week, so they're so sure. They're yeah, yeah. yeah, makes sense. Um, Cincinnati at Philadelphia. Uh I'm picking Philadelphia simply because they cannot go 0-3. That that was my logic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going Philly as well. I mean, I just haven't been overly – but the Bengals have taken a little bit of a step forward from last year, but that's not saying much because they were the Bengals last year. So Joe Burrow threw 61 passes and they lost. Like, yeah. let's pump the brakes on the Bengals a little bit. Yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going Eagles as well. Then we got a, a surprisingly, you know, last week I didn't think this game would be even close, but I mean, you know, who knows? Las Vegas at New England. Uh, Las Vegas seemed really fun at home. Frank, uh, can they keep going? I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to go New England at home. Patriots don't lose in Foxborough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the same thing. I think the Raiders are are still in that like cute phase where it's like, oh, look at them go. But I think I think week three is going to hit them in, uh, with reality. And I say that because. I was very strong about them winning against the Saints because I don't think the Saints are that good. So had I viewed that win higher than, you know, uh, or, or as high as other people have, I'd maybe look at the Raiders a little bit different. But, yeah, I'm going Pats. Okay. Then we got uh, then we got Chicago at Atlanta. We'll kind of get into to the Bears game a little bit more here. Uh, man, I'm going Bears in this one uh, just because I'm picking the hot team. I, I, I think – there's a very good chance that last week's game against the Cowboys just broke the soul of the of, of the Falcons. So um, I'm going to look for the for the Bears to to pounce on them. Uh, going into the season, I thought they'd be three and zero after this week. I'm going to stick with that, and I think I'm going to go Bears Bears over Falcons in this one. Yeah, I'm going um, I'm going Atlanta here. I, I I think what scares me is the defense hasn't looked like the 2018 defense. Yeah, and the Falcons can put up points, and they can put up points fast. So, even in, on an elite defense, like you even take that 2018 def- defense, you're maybe talking about a Dolphin or a Falcons team that that can put up 24, 27 points. I don't yeah. feel confident in the Bears and Mitch Trubisky specifically to put together a full game for a shootout. You know yeah. what I mean? And the way I I look at, at the Bears defense, um, and the way I look at the Falcons offense, I mean, th- this is a huge test on both sides of the ball for the Bears. Yeah. If, if the Bears can, you know, hold to hold the Falcons to under 20 points, we're going to be cooking with fire there. Yeah. And if the Bears can score 27, 30, 35, I mean, you're talking at least a team that could take advantage of a bad secondary and a bad defense. So, but I don't know, man, it, it, it scares me. I, I don't trust them. Um, I, don't, I just don't trust them to win a shootout. And I think that's what it's going to be. How would you feel if the Bears didn't take advantage of, of this Falcons defense secondary wise um, and maybe didn't attempt as many deep balls as you and I are kind of hoping for. And they just, they played clock control. 
right? And they, they just tried beating the Falcons that way. Would you feel disappointed or would you just be like, all right, just get the win and let's get out of here? You know, I, I think I have, so th- your latter portion, I think I have that outlook for just this whole season. It's like, let's just win however we can. Mitch is who he is. Um, and, but, but to me, if they do that against the Falcons, that will really tell me what this coaching staff really thinks about Mitch Trubisky. And it, it would be, in a weird way, comforting to me because that tells me after this year, they're, unless he just starts looking like Russell Wilson, and they may not ever even give a chance to look that way, um, that we're moving on from him. Because yeah. if you don't let him air it out against the Falcons, I, I, I don't exactly know why he's your quarterback. I, yeah. like, I don't care who – if I'm playing the Falcons – um, a, a secondary. I can have PJ Walker back there. You can bring like the corpse of fucking Sid Luckman. I'm going deep every single time I get them. Not every play, but I'm saying every drive. There's going to be a deep shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I test test the secondary. Um, get, take some shot. You're in a dome, and I think that mm-hmm. that maybe can help the offense get get going a little bit more here. Um, I think they're going to dominate the the Falcons defensive line. I hope. I hope, and, and if you're right about that, you know, Darnell Mooney may be a, a good starter in, in certain deeper leagues. Because fire, fire him I, up, Frankie. On turf, on turf as well. I mean, fire him up. Give it a shot. Um, I, I, the one of the, the on the flip side, the the test that I want to see um, is is the corners, is the secondary uh, against matching up against the Falcons. The, the, there's no better matchup than Calvin Ridley, who's just insane right now. He's just balling out. Uh, Kyle Fuller against Julio Jones, Jalen Johnson against Ridley, and then maybe Buster Screen against Russell Gage. This is going to be a great test for this for the secondary, more so than the whole defense. But I'm going Bears. You're going Falcons. We'll 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 see how that turns out. Uh, then we got Rams at Buffalo. Uh, Frank, I'm taking Buffalo at home uh, just because I like their defense right now. I like the way Josh Allen is playing. How about you? Yeah, I you know I really wanted to pick the Rams here, but. I, I mean, they're they're going from one coast to the other, and that just usually is a bad recipe, no, no matter which way it is with time zones and such. Um, yeah. And I don't see the Bills cooling off right now. I, I mean, they have been, you know, Josh Allen, that offense is humming. Defense isn't as, as good as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, surprisingly. I mean, again, we may be able to just ch- uh, chalk things up like that um, to no preseason, but I'm going Bills. Yeah, I mean – I, I like to – that's the thing with, with this week that I kind of noticed was just there's no slam – there's there's not a lot of slam dunk picks like there were last week. There's a lot of good matchups that you're not – with teams you're not quite sure about. And that's the beauty of week three, if I'm being honest. Uh, Houston at Pittsburgh, for reasons we just discussed, I'm going Pittsburgh in an easy route this week. I mean, Big Ben could throw left-handed, and I think he's going to handle that secondary. I'm going, I'm going Pittsburgh. Uh, then we got Tennessee at Minnesota. Um, I'm I'm not sold on Tennessee at this point, uh, so I'm going to go with Minnesota at home. Uh, again, for the same reason I picked the, the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm picking the Vikings because they cannot go 0 and 3. They they just can't do it, and and I think they're gonna I think they're gonna they're gonna take this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they just look so bad, man. And I, I'm not the biggest Titans guy, but even defensively, the Vikings don't look bad. And I can see Derrick Henry having one of those huge 180. Especially with Barr just being, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bar, yeah. Anthony Barr being uh, on the receiving end of, of, of a terrible injury, you know, with the rest of the league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Titans, and I think the Vikings do start 0 3. Okay. Then we got Carolina at Chargers. Um, yeah. <laughs> no CMC for the for the Panthers, which is just a huge blow to, to fantasy, to owners, just to, to fans as well. But I mean, right now, I know Herbert was consi- uh, confirmed the starter for Week Three, uh, so I'm going Chargers all the way in this one, Frank. Um, I'm going Panthers. I I, I think Ooh. I think part of the reason why we saw Justin Herbert play so well last week is because he didn't have the nerves in him. It was just mm-hmm. kind of like. Five minutes before, like, hey, Buckaroo, get in there. And he's like, oh, shit. And he, like, stumbled into the starting uh, spot in week two. And I think I, I think we're going to see a little bit more inconsistency and, like, holy shit, like, I'm an NFL starter. Yeah. Carolina's defense is just so bad. It is. It, 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 it is bad. Um, but I, I just think it's going to be one of those weeks for a rookie quarterback that, like, I have a whole week now. There's pressure now. There's – 
a real game. I have to game plan. There's going to be a game plan for me. You know what I mean? So I think it'll be one of those. Okay. Then we got uh, the Jets at Indy. Um, for betting purposes, for those wondering, uh, Indy is one of my safe picks this week. Uh, if, if they just stick with Jonathan Taylor running the ball down the Jets' throat, this should be an easy win for them. The defense played incredibly well. Uh, they got hit with an injury bug. Uh, they obviously lost Paris Campbell. They lost um, they lost Malik Hooker to a ter- to a torn Achilles. So just they they did take some hits. Uh, but man, I, I don't see how the, how Indy loses this game. The Jets are just fucking terrible right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm going Colts. I, I, you kind of said everything. There's not much. There's not much to that one for me. Not that. Not that one. Uh, then we got a kind of an, you know pretty interesting matchup: Dallas at Seattle. Uh, you know, quarterbacks who just went for four touchdowns and five touchdowns, so it should be entertaining. Uh, I'm going with Seattle at home in this one. How about you, Frank? Um, I am going a little bit of an upset here, and I think it'll be a high-scoring game, but I'm going with the Cowboys. Um, I think I think this is the game for fantasy owners where it's like, you know, you should be comfortable starting not all three on the same team, but you should start CeeDee Lamb, you should start Michael Gallup, you should start Amari Cooper because that Seahawks secondary is not very yeah. good. But the Cowboys defense is, you know, maybe a tad bit better, closer to the average range. So I think both of these quarterbacks are going to have huge days. But I think uh, I think the Cowboys will, will uh, take the upset there. I just don't like M- Mike McCarthy's success in Seattle. And that's a shot to you Packers fans who are listening. <laughs> uh, then we got a, a, you know, a game that's okay. I think this is a pretty much slam dunk for, for me as well. I, I put some money on this one. Uh, Detroit at Arizona. I think the Cardinals take this one pretty easily. How about you, Frank? Yeah, I'm going the same. I'm going Cardinals over Lions. I mean, the two easy picks that we have. I mean, those are going to be the first two head coaches fired this year, and it's not going to. It's not going to be. I mean, it's going to be Patricia and, and Gates. There's I no way really they last this whole year. Are there betting odds on that? Can we bet who gets fired first? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that Matt Patricia. I don't even know if Matt Patricia makes it to. To the to the bye week, whenever their their bye week yeah. is, he's There's, not making it to Thanksgiving. There's no way he makes it to Thanksgiving. I don't think so. I, I him and Dan Quinn. I, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, Kyler Murray just electric, electric, electric stuff. If it wasn't for Lamar Jackson, he'd be the talk of the town right now. You know what? I did want to pose. Speaking of Kyler Murray, I wanted to pose a question, and maybe we don't have the answer now. It was just a thought that I had, and it was kind of a dot that I connected. So. You know how tight ends a lot, it's like, oh, he was a basketball player and he boxes people out and he was a power forward. We're seeing two guys who may be the two best quarterbacks in the league in Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray. I say may because Russ is there. You have, you know, Josh Allen going nuts. But let's just for the sake of argument, two of the best quarterbacks in the league who played shortstop at a very high level. Mm. And when you see their footwork out on the field and them being able to throw up, like they're, they're breaking NFL rules, the quarterback rules, Throwing across your body, go you know, r- rolling right and throwing left, and, but they're able to. They look like Derek Jeter, you know, the the, the throw where he would jump and and throw, yeah. uh, and you know, save the debate that he was an overrated defensive shortstop. I agree, but I'm just saying hey, that's what it looks like. I mean, they're 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 making shortstop plays as quarterbacks, and I wonder, and maybe it never gets there, but do we start seeing at different levels of the game like coaches start to poach? Shortstops in baseball to try to see if they can play quarterback. That is a good, good narrative, Frank. And that's all that's something you only get on the Corked Up podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Come come listen for that because uh, you may start seeing that a little bit more on, on some of these telecasts. That's a great point. Um, well, because uh, you, you think of like, oh, Antonio Gates didn't play football until the college coach came into yeah, like they, they're like literally poaching these guys. Like, come on, you got to get You're going to be a great tight end or you're going to be a great yeah. receiver. Well, and it's like, shortstops, yeah, shortstops, I mean, historically have the best, some of the, maybe maybe the second, first or second best arm uh, on the field behind maybe maybe the catcher at times and maybe the center field. Like that's, that's typically your, your best arm is going to be at shortstop. Footwork, your reaction time, yeah. your, you know, your, your field. Yeah. I mean, basically what you're saying, yeah. Basically what you're saying is, is put Javier Baez a quarterback for the bears. That that's what I'm hearing from you. I, I say, why not? We <laughs> Tom, he's never played football in his life. That would be my, he's guess. never held the football in his life ever. Um, that's a good question. I, I like that. I, I think that's an interesting point, Frank. Um, yeah, just to now going to, to more, I guess, college baseball stuff, uh, Tampa Bay 
because uh, Tom Brady was played for the Wolverines. I'm sure you probably heard about that the 4,000 times he's been in the Super Bowl. Uh, Tampa Bay at Denver. Uh, Denver lost their quarterback as well, which just sucks a lot because now it's Jeff Driscoll and he's a bum. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going Tampa Bay to win this one, Frank. I'm assuming yeah, I'm, you are. I mean, you're talking about you're missing your wide receiver one and your quarterback. I don't, I don't think you're beating uh, the Bucks team. Did Judy get hurt? No, Judy didn't get hurt. The real wide receiver one. No, I, I don't think Denver has much of a chance in this one, uh, unless their defense just plays well. But I, I haven't seen anything from that defense that that excites me to this point. Um, I just think they're they're too hit, they're too hard hit with injuries. Uh, then we got a game that I thought would be a lot more entertaining, but after last week, after Monday night, I'm not so sure. Uh, the Sunday night game, Green Bay at New Orleans. Uh, Frank, reluctantly, I'm going Green Bay. Um, I was hoping the Saints would look a lot better in week two than they did in week one, but it it just didn't happen. Drew Brees has no arm uh, worth anything. They're, they're missing Michael Thomas. Uh, I think Green Bay takes this one pretty easily. I'm going Green Bay as well, and the reports are that there's a, a real chance that Michael Thomas plays. I think even with him, just the matchup favors Green Bay so much, especially with – Drew Brees not being able to throw the ball past four yards because they have an awesome secondary. Their front seven is inconsistent. They have a good pass rush, but that secondary, I mean, they just kept stacking first and second round picks the last few years, and they look good. And they play that secondary plays seek and destroy. And I, I can't imagine them leaving bump coverage for very long in that game because Brees just can't throw the ball. Man, if only Green Bay would have taken another receiver instead of a, a backup Dude, quarterback. I, I literally texted one of my Green Bay Packers fans, and I was like, could you imagine, what? And as good as this offense has looked so far, if you get like a, a Michael Pittman or if you get um, a T. Higgins or like any of those second-round guys, I mean, that would be on the opposite of Devontae Adams would be insane right now. Or if they hadn't drafted A.J. Dillon. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. E- either or, like you had two opportunities to really add talent to this team, and you got two backups. Well, you know what's interesting is like this this Packers team. Granted, they've looked a lot better than they did at the beginning of the year last year. Um, I expect them to be a, a very good team. Um, they're going into uh, if they win this game, they'll be going into Week Four without really playing a, a quality opponent, right? Like if the Vikings are as bad as they are that we've seen the last couple weeks and the lions are the lions and the saints can't throw the ball more than four yards. Like you were just saying, like the, sure. The Packers will be three and oh, and everyone will be in love with them because it's Aaron Rodgers, but they haven't been tested. If, if yeah. we, the game plays out the way that we think it will. Yeah, I think, but, but to that point, they're beating these teams in style. They like, are doing what great teams do. So like you sure. can't, they're not the schedule makers. You know what I mean? So it, and, it's and again, it's, to they, say, They've looked much better to start this yeah. year. Uh, Rodgers looks like he's a man on a mission. I, I don't tend to buy into the chip on the shoulder shit that, that we hear year after year, but this 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 guy may be a little bit different. Yeah, uh, I told and, him, man, he's pissed. And then finally, finally, Monday night has a game that they can attribute and be like, come watch our game. Come watch our telecast, which is vastly improved uh, from last year. No more Booger McFarland, his fucking nonsense. And, Jason Witten talking like a fucking idiot, like not understanding what anything is. Uh, this just infinitely better. Kansas City at Baltimore. In Baltimore, I'm going with the Ravens. I I I love this matchup. I stared at this fucking matchup for for hours. Of course, I didn't put any money on it because I'm not insane. Um, but I'm going with Baltimore. The Chiefs looked a little slow last week, and I'm curious to see how they bounce back. Uh, but man, I, I just think the Ravens are just firing on all cylinders right now. I think this is uh, this is going to be a, a big a big win for them. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Chiefs. I mean, it's just so hard for me to pick against them. I, I, I may pick them all 16 of their games. Yeah. Um, because Patrick Mahomes is just that good. The defense looks ever since last year's playoffs much improved. They're not the you know they don't have to get into to, to shootouts every single week. Um, but speaking of Booger McFarland, last year. <laughs> At the Saints game, um, Taysom Hill comes in and, and is playing tight end. He comes in for a play playing, t- and he's like, you know, it's not – on the defensive end, it's it's not so hard when Taysom Hill is in. He's a gadget guy. They're either going to run the ball or pass the ball. And, then, <laughs> <laughs> and there was this silence for like 30 seconds, 
as they like did a jet sweep to Taysom Hill that gets like five yards or whatever, and he gets up and screams. And I was just like, that was the fucking dumbest thing I have ever heard. And like, no shit, they're they're either gonna pass the ball or run the ball. Like that, that's the thing with him, though, man. Like he he starts making a great like a good point, like a, like a solid point where you're like. Yeah, yeah, it is easy for defenses to see what Taysom Hill is going to do because you know he can't throw the ball. But then, but then you hear him say, "Yeah, they're either going to throw or run," and you're like, "Well, yeah, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> what else is there for them yeah. to do?" It's like he just brain farts in the middle of his sentence. I'm so happy that that he's out. Uh, it's at least listenable. But uh, this game, I think, is is easily going to be the most entertaining game this this week. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it'll be fun. Like you said, it's it's tough to pick against the Chiefs, but uh, if, if this was in Kansas City, I may feel a little bit differently because um, you know maybe maybe some of the fans give give the Ravens COVID. You know, I, who knows? Um, it, it's it's a definite possibility. Uh, but with that being said, that'll pretty much wrap up Week Three. Um, I, I don't expect to go fifteen and one again next week, Frank. I didn't feel a whole lot of confidence in, in, in a good majority of some of these picks. Yeah. Um, this week was a little bit tougher, but I think that's going to make it even more entertaining. Agreed. Agreed 100%. We're at the point where you're almost splitting hairs with, with certain matchups because we kind of yeah. know who teams are right now. Yeah, um, that'll that'll pretty much wrap it up for this week's edition of the Corked Up Podcast. Uh, Frank and I are in some discussions right now about possibly getting a, you know a fantasy episode, maybe like a betting odds episode. Um, let us know what you guys if you if you guys want more of us talking. I, I, I think once an hour a week is is more than enough because we're annoying and we're wrong and we're bad at, at, at these takes. Uh, just kidding. Fifteen and one, motherfuckers. Listen to this goddamn podcast and, and win yourself some money. Um, but seriously, thank you for listening. Please let us know if you want to hear more from us fantasy purposes. Uh, Frank and I are both in a dynasty league uh, where we're just we're just the best, the best. Don't show them the receipts, Frank. Um, but other than that, thank you for listening. Frank, have a good rest of your week. Uh, go Bears. Let's let's get Absolutely. that 3-0, baby. Go Bears. 3-0. Well, I picked again. Oh, yeah. Go Bears. You just picked against them. Get out of here. Yeah, whatever. Come on. Later, everyone. All right. Bye, guys.